This is The Varsity, a sports podcast from The Record North Shore, your nonprofit local news site. The Varsity is presented by the Illinois Bone and Joint Institute, with more than 150 fellowship-trained physicians in every orthopedic specialty and dozens of locations across Chicagoland and the suburbs. IBJI is your choice for patient-focused orthopedic care. To find the nearest location, visit IBJI.com. Howdy, folks, and welcome to the latest episode of the Varsity Podcast, a podcast where we discuss everything involving North Shore High School sports. I'm Michael Duojek here with the record North Shore founding members Joe Coglin and Martin Carlino as we get you guys caught up on the final week of uh, the basketball season and start of other uh, mid-spring sports, I guess we want to call them. I don't know what we're going to call them. I guess we'll technically call them spring sports, but we got a lot of stuff going on this week, so we've got a jam-packed episode as always. Just a quick reminder that you can subscribe to the podcast anywhere that they're available. Make sure you give us a nice little review as well. We always appreciate it. Um, appreciate the good feedback. So we're going to do our usual four-quarter format for this uh, week's podcast. In the first quarter, we'll give you guys a basketball updates. Um, we'll talk about the Red Hot Trevians and uh, all the latest things you guys need to know as we are in the final week of the basketball season here in Illinois. In the second quarter, we are joined by Loyal Academy girls basketball head coach Jeremy Shoniker. In the third quarter, we're going to play Way or No Way, our weekly guessing game. And then in the fourth quarter, we are going to talk about some good news about what is happening here in the sports with the big fan increase, as well as state actually happening for the rest of the sports heading down for the rest of the school year. So why don't we get things started here with the first quarter and talk about um, – a red hot uh, new Trier boys basketball team where um, we were talking a little bit about it before we uh, started recording this about um, how new Trier was uh, obviously with the delayed break and everything like that. Um, kind of, uh, kind of uh, battling it out. We couldn't really get a good handle for them. Most uh, area pollsters really couldn't get a good handle on them. And um, new Trier this past weekend uh, really showed um, what they're capable of. I caught up with them on Friday night when they, hosted Evanston and lost uh, uh, a game to Evanston. Um, that was pretty uh, pretty much what Evanston needed to do, just make a lot of three-pointers as they were able to do. But um, because of their win on Saturday against um, Evanston and being able to take care of GBS on Monday night, um, and right now as we're, we're recording this after dark here on Wednesday night here, um, they're currently taking care of business against Niles West as well. So uh, New Trier, the boys team, is actually one win away from earning, uh, I think it would be a three-way share of the CSL South title with um, all the logistics and that kind of stuff. But guys, um, when we had New Trier kind of get off to a slow start, obviously with no games because of a COVID uh, scare within the program and uh, starting the season against GBS, I don't know if we really expected this, but um, New Trier boys basketball team really showed off um, just how talented and how much grit they have being able to uh, presumably for Friday night against Niles West play for a crowd for a share of the CSL South title. Yeah. And it seems like these three CSL powers that CSL South powers that we've been talking over this uh, entire basketball season with uh, obviously Glenbrook South Evanston and New Trier are maybe a little bit more closely uh, matched up against each other than 
we, we first sort of anticipated at the beginning of the season. And I think Nutrier showed us that the, this past weekend and early into uh, the early part of this week of what, what they can do against these teams. Um, you mentioned it there, Michael, the, the tough loss at Gates against Evanston on Friday night, but then coming right back on Saturday afternoon, going to Evanston and getting a win. Um, really, really nice turnaround. And then a come from behind, I'm pretty sure a pretty significant come from behind victory over GBS uh, just a couple of days later. I think at one point they were down maybe 12 to 15, in the 12 to 15 point range. And at halftime, I think it was a, a double digit GBS lead. So then to, to come back and take that game against a, a tough Titans team shows uh, what kind of medal the, the Trevs have and just how closely matched they are with the, uh, with the perennial powerhouses in the CFL, CSL South from the, uh, from the last two seasons with Evanston and GBS. Yeah, you know, it's fun to watch, you know, just watching the box scores and your coverage, Michael, kind of certain players emerging. We saw um, in their win on Saturday over Evanston, we saw um, Josh Kirkpatrick hit the game winner in the final 10 seconds. Um, he's been really big for them, a junior guard. And then uh, Jackson Monroe, um, their big man slash stretch, stretch four, stretch five. Um, yeah. He's he put up 19 against GBS on Monday. Um, he put up 19 against Maine South in a win, in a tough win, um, uh, like a week ago. So uh, he's really emerged. He's almost their scoring leader every night. Um, so uh, seeing Career a few players emerge that are that are um, that aren't seniors. So um, some things are going to be pretty good for them. Their their sophomore shooter Jake Vegan is really good, um, and they're all they're doing this. Uh, I think they've ripped off 10 of their last 11 um wins i think they're doing this without the, you know, arguably their best player at least coming in the season ian burns who's been out with the with the ankle injury and the ankle surgery saving himself uh, to walk on to michigan next year so um pretty impressive stuff from coach fricky and, and the trebs and it's, it's pretty cool in this shortened season you, you play for what's in front of you and that's a conference championship and it looks like they're going to share it yeah it's definitely very cool and, and uh really uh impressive you like you mentioned joe about jackson monroe i mean in the friday game he hit a, a three uh, uh three like half three fourths of the court a buzzer beater he just grabbed a rebound and threw it up there and, and went in and uh it was funny because he uh when i talked to him after because obviously they're playing evanston and blake peters is that game obviously we remember four years ago blake peters hit that same shot that kind of went viral um and that kind of stuff so it was cool to watch him do that but yeah it, it was really interesting just how jackson as a junior is kind of um, made himself available. I mean, obviously he has a big height advantage over his opponents and that's is exactly what they were trying to do there. Um, but yeah, Jackson has really uh, stepped up for the team. And obviously if you had got a tall guy like that, obviously you want to take advantage um, of that situation. But um, I haven't so seen a video of that shot, by the way. Has, have you guys? No, nah, I couldn't find it anywhere. I find it. But be, so based on um, everything that we uh, know of right now, um, Evanston is, while we're recording this, Evanston ha is, has a, a considerable lead over uh, Maine South right now as they're playing uh, with them. Um, and uh, GB, or Nutria, like I mentioned, is beating now as well. So if these uh, scores hold, it'll uh, be actually Evanston, who will be competing in that Chipotle uh, tournament of um, the area better teams. And um, I 
I think Joe, you mentioned a little bit earlier that just based on Evanston receiving the invite at the beginning um, and there being essentially a three-way tie at the top of the division that um, Evanston is just going to hold on to that position since um, they were originally invited before they kind of decided to do the CSL South uh, champion. Yeah. Um, and uh, Augie find that kind of, you know, clue me into that a little bit or kind of confirm that without exactly saying it on uh, earlier this week that as long as they took care of business Evanston that uh, they'd get the invite, but, uh, and that makes sense. Um, and it's pretty cool. That tournament's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I believe it's eight teams um, from the area for the class of champions. I hope they get some, the winner. I hope they all get some Chipotle if I'm being honest, but um, yeah. sponsored by Chipotle. That's why I said that I'm not just being strange. Um, but yeah, so Evanston, we'll, we'll take that. I think that they were just up by 15, I think in the final two minutes. So um, they're in good shape there. Um, and GBS took care of GBN North last night. So it's going to be a three-way tie, but um, still a pretty cool season for, for all three of them. Yeah, definitely. So uh, moving on to the girls, I also caught up uh, with the girls team on Friday night and they were able to uh, really take care of business with the 22 point victory over um, Evanston. They just seemed everything was going. They got their mojo back. Defense was great. Um, and the uh, offense was really moving ahead. They fell to Evanston on the next day, and then they lost to uh, Stevenson uh, a couple days later. But they came back to uh, win against Deerfield on uh, March 6th. So, um, obviously, a team that is uh, that can get you when they uh, have their best performance. And, um, obviously, uh, heading into the final week, they talked about just being happy to be playing a game, playing, uh, playing basketball, obviously. Um, just being grateful for the moment. But um, what have you guys kind of seen from this uh, Nutra girls team and just what they've been able to do this season um, as we kind of um, look forward to the last few games for them? Yeah, we've seen them really hang in there against the, uh, the upper echelon in the, in the, of the conference and see that they belong in that group as well. But it seems as we're approaching the end of the season here that, and correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but I think the uh, Maine South girls team is sort of, uh, taking taking the lead in, in in the conference on on the girls side of things and it's theirs to lose. I think they beat Nutria twice and beat Evanston a couple times as well. Um, so it seems I know we we talked about uh, Nutria's chances at uh, at winning the conference a little bit earlier on on an earlier episode, and we kind of uh, lamented over Maine South a little bit. And it seems like that uh, they 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 might be the the front runner in, on the girls side of things. Yeah, Nutria just never seemed to um, find a groove like the boys' side did. I think the boys' side, they were in a similar position with a pretty early on um, COVID quarantine that cost them a week of the season. And then uh, Nutria girls had to start off with Libertyville and they had Hersey early. They played Fenwick, who's um, near the top of, this, of the GCAC and um, main South was, it was a bear in the conference. So they played a good, good, strong schedule, which I know coach Rogers always planned. So, um, I think, you know, maybe they just didn't have it this year. Maybe they just never found their, their rhythm and identity, but, um, still a good season, you know, finished above, above 500 and a winning record. And, um, you know, in a season like this, they all got to play games and uh, I think they're all pretty grateful for that. Yeah, and just to circle back real quickly, guys, it looks like Maine South is at seven and zero in the conference, and Evanston is at seven and one. And 
they've got two matchups scheduled for Friday and Saturday. So that's going to determine who's going to take the um, CSL South on the girls' side. Ooh, that's a good one. All right, let's move on over now to the Loyola Academy boys team where last week we were talking about big matchups for them and um, they were uh, able to win against St. Rita last Friday, uh, take care of business um, against them. And then they had a big matchup against Notre Dame the next day, that next Saturday, and uh, just couldn't keep, keep up in a, in a tough rivalry match in the 38-26 to 26 loss to uh, Notre Dame. And then uh, they moved on to um, – play against uh, Marion Central and get Marion Central Catholic and to get a win 42 to 35 to move to 13 and 5 7 and 2 in the CCL um, so uh, obviously and they're playing Fenwick tonight um, so guys obviously still a lot of implications in that CCL um, for a team that's kind of uh, uh, I mean they've they have never shied away from really playing against the best teams um, and obviously that'll uh, come to fruition here as we uh, go to the final stretch for the boys uh, team. I think we talk, didn't we, we, we record the pod night of that brother game. rice game? Sorry, if we were talking over each other, Marty. No, I, you, I was going to say the exact same thing, Joe. I think last week we talked about it. We were recording the night before they played brother rice and I was going to kick it to you, Joe, because I think you had the perfect breakdown on the tape on how that game ended. Um, but, but since, since that, uh, that close defeat to Brother Rice, it seems like they've bounced back really nicely. But that was the game that obviously had the most significance in terms of, uh, conf- of the conference moving forward. And uh, I'll let you take the rest here, Joe, because like I said, I think you had a pretty good breakdown of the final shot and how things ended. Oh, yeah, that was, that was wild. Um, it was an overtime loss. Um, you know, a, a classic CCL battle where um, possessions are – 90 seconds long and the scores uh, in the thirties. Uh, but no, it's, it, you know, hard fought uh, game and it came down to the end and um, Loyola had the ball in regulation and Scotty Dean, um, you know, put up, put up a, a decent look for three to win it uh, just off. And Vaughn Pemberton flew in, grabbed the rebound and got a put back up all in one effort. And uh, Michael Fellish, who, who does a lot of the uh, Loyola reporting and, and some of the um, some of the broadcasting there, put up a video and it looked like Pemberton got it off. And that would have been the game winner. Uh, you know, I watched it a few times. I paused it a bunch and I swear Pemberton got it. It was out of his hand when the when the buzzer sounded. Um, the ref, as you point out, Marty, was pretty emphatic about saying no way. Uh, maybe the clock and the buzzer weren't in tune, but the buzzer, I swear it was out of his hands. If not, it was on his fingernail. So um, it went to overtime and, and Loyola lost in overtime and that had huge implications on, on the conference and the CCL, but uh, uh, I'm, I'm going to go, um, go to, <laughs> I'm going to die on the hill that Pemberton got that shot off. We need an instant replay for how much as we uh, hated in college and uh, professional basketball. I guess I we, uh, we even had a needed some replay locals, there. I think we even had a couple local school officials chiming in saying they agreed with you, Joe, that they uh, that they got that he got the shot off in time. I think uh, Dr. Kane Osborne from uh, Boca School <laughs> District 32nd chimed in that uh, that he agreed with you, Joe. He he would have ruled it. He would have ruled it a good a good bucket there to end the game. He would have too. <laughs> Uh, I would have too, but what are you going to do? That's, I mean, it's fun. Um, that was a great game. Definitely a tough one uh, for the Ramblers there. And 
um, obviously heading into the final few games there. But the Loyola Academy girls team will finish off with them. Uh, started the final week with a win over Glenburg South, 51-31. to 31. Um, Ramblers moved on to 7-2. and two. And uh, they got two really big games against San Ignatius. Um, essentially, since Fenwick uh, handed San Ignatius a, a loss, these two teams are going to be battling it out on Thursday. And then on Saturday, um, those two teams are going to be playing for uh, essentially the conference championship. And I uh, really couldn't have asked for a better motivation against uh, um, against a Jesuit rival and that kind of stuff. So uh, big two games, either Loyola wins both games and um, takes uh, sole possession of the championship or if they split them, the teams will share it. And obviously if Ignatius wins both of their games, um, they will, uh, Ignatius will take the win, but um, I'm not going to ask for your guys' uh, preview or anything like that. That's a little hint for way or no way, but just what do you guys think of Loyola heading into these final uh, final two games? Obviously we've talked about the Ramblers all, all season long, how talented they are and how just how good it is and how, much of a shame it is that there isn't actually a state playoffs going on. Um, but I mean, for these two games to be taking place, I mean, it's basically the playoffs and kind of what you could ask for in a shortened season like this. Yeah. It looks like we should be in line for some really great games here. Um, I'm trying to sort through some of the comparable matchups they've had. Um, that is Ignatius and Loyola this season so far. And obviously they both played Fenwick and they both share a loss against Fenwick, but it also seems that Ignatius has earlier in the season beat Fenwick by three points. So um, they have a three point victory and a three point loss over Fenwick. And then um, you get some other similar matchups, Montini, both teams have played Montini, both teams were able to beat them. Uh, but, but just a quick look on what we've seen strictly from their schedules. It looks like based on some of the comparable teams that they've played, we should be in for some, some really tight games. And it's a, uh, a bit unrelated, but another great takeaway as I'm looking at Loyola's schedule here is just how many how many games they've been able to fit into this abbreviated season. Um, it looks like they're going to close right around the 20 mark, which is really something that's pretty remarkable. Remarkable because I remember at the beginning of the season we sort of set the number as 12 to 15, and um, the the coaching staff had even mentioned that 15 was maybe the number they were targeting. So now as they get closer towards uh, towards a little bit higher and even near 20 it's uh it's really encouraging to see that they were able to make the the most of this shortened crazy season yeah and and the ramblers are really um are really going into these matchups with some momentum um as we talked about after i i covered their their game on sunday against lincolnway west they had a special shootout at morton college which was put together um by the girls basketball coach there who's a former um, GCAC coach Jason Nichols out of Montini. He coaches at Morton College. So he put together a shootout. Two very good teams. Lincoln Way West was a um, second place in the state last year in 3A. Um, they've got they've averaged 26 and five record for like the past seven seasons. Um, they were 11 and one going in. So really good matchup. And Loyola really took care of business. So um, they look fluid. Um, they seem to really with Giordano now integrated in the lineup. Um, the transfer. They really look good, and they look like they know what they're doing on offense and defense, just smooth. Um, so I think they're going in. They got two wins against McCauley, who's another very good team out of the GCAC, um, and they needed those two to set up this matchup. So I think they're feeling pretty good, and, uh, you know, it's a good team. We've said it all year. Um, this is a uh, state trophy caliber ball club, so um, it's going to be quite the matchup this weekend. Excited to see what happens. 
All right, so with that, why don't we move on over now to the second quarter where we are joined by the Loyola Academy girls head basketball coach, Jeremy Schoenecker. Uh Joe, I know you obviously got a chance to talk to him, so what are we going to hear from uh, Jeremy here? Yeah, we, you know, we talked about, um, you know, first the win against a good team that they don't normally play in Linkway West, uh, my alma mater, by the way. And um, we talked about the integration of Angelina Giordano, the transfer who was uh, kind of moved into the lineup midseason after she was approved um, and how that's looking. And we also talked about their big wins over Macaulay and setting up this same next season ending um, fun matchup. All right, let's take a listen. So this is kind of a different game for you guys. Um, you don't usually play West or, or down south of yeah. Chicago. So um, I don't know. How do you feel after it? I thought we did some really nice things. Um, you know, we were able to get the ball inside to Summer and Izzy to let them do a little bit of work. And then both of them have just become such great passers. If we just create good good passing angles and we just talk to our girls now about it, like they've turned into being point guards from the from, you know either the high post position or on the block. And... Uh, you know, the way we, we shot it yesterday, extremely well at Macaulay. Sh- shot it somewhat decently today um, in, in spurts, but uh, we're finally getting there. And, uh, you know, it's happy for the seniors just to, you know, it's the final week of their, their season and we'll be playing for a conference championship on Thursday and Saturday. Yeah, that, that inside-out game, um, your shooters seem ready, so they got to know that's coming. Is that an evolution of the season? Just you've noticed that people are crashing on your bigs? And... Yeah, we, we've seen doubles and with, on Summer and Izzy and, so, you know, we've been really working hard when we do have practice to find the open areas and, and, and also telling Summer and Izzy where our guards are going to be based off of where that double is going to come from. And they've done a great job picking it up and making good sharp passes into our shooting pockets. And I talked to uh, Giordano a little bit for the first time mm-hmm. um, on this team. What does she add to your team? It seems just like uh, another another dangerous element. Yeah, it's a great, it's a great piece to have. Um, you know, super happy. She knew a lot of those girls from growing up because her sister, you know, is in that class. Reese is in our senior class. So. Yeah. And thank you, Reese. Uh, um, so I think she just fit in right away. Um, and she, you know, can knock down shots. She's been playing great defense. Um, she had a few, uh, you know, drives to the basket today. So, yeah, she just adds, you know, another layer off of our bench for us, um, which is really, really nice to have. Yeah, her sister's on the team. She's a senior. Correct. Okay. Um, so one week left, and you got uh, Ignatius twice, right? Yep. Have they lost in conference? They just lost yesterday for the first time. To uh, Fenwick. So that's Fenwick. So they split with Fenwick, we split with Fenwick. Okay, so it comes there down it to this, huh? Yep. <laughs> so Jesuit Cup Thursday night, as we just talked to the girls. We have GBS tomorrow, okay. um, and then uh, we have a varsity reserve game on Wednesday um, at GBS again for you know kids who are not getting a ton of playing time. And then we go at it Thursday and Saturday. So we're home Thursday and away on Saturday. Well, uh, I guess, what do you got to do? What's, uh, I don't want to ask your whole game plan, but what are you going <laughs> we're gonna go, in? We're going to go watch them live now. Okay. Nice. Um, we got a ton of film on them. Uh, very familiar. They're familiar with us. We're familiar with them. Uh, McDonald, point guard, best player on their team. Um, African-American post player, 6'3", I always forget her name, uh, is really developed. Um, last year as a junior was pretty raw. I know she had 24 in one of the uh, games against Fenwick, so she's, really turned it on a little bit um so yeah we're just excited you know the jesuit cup's a big thing for for both schools yeah um so we're looking forward to that but i know the girls are really looking forward to trying to maintain a co- or try to get a conference championship i don't think we've won one in uh you know quite some time with montini being in the conference right yeah an odd year and it all comes down to this that's kind of 
I mean, to, to, from the outsider, it seems nice that awesome. you know you're playing toward the end. Of we something. we talked a lot this week about these Macaulay games, and uh, you know, if Fenwick couldn't help us out with wins, we needed these two. So we really drilled it home to the girls, you know, the importance of the two Macaulay games. And if we got help from Fenwick, great. If we didn't, then you know we still have to go win two. Yeah. Um, and I think the girls really took that challenge on. Um, you know, we sh- Thursday night we win 45-40. We shot three of 25 from three-point land. And we Oof. got it, and we got it out a win. Yeah, you know, and I think that's just a testament to these seniors to really want to play for something in the final week. So, do you have to win two to win conference, or can you split? We can split we conference. Can, we, yeah, we, yeah. What they do for the GCAC is whatever. I don't think it's any head to head. So, if we if we split, we win, or we share, and if we win both, we'll outright. Thanks so much for joining us, Coach. And as always, all to the coaches and players, always appreciate the insight and uh, the good uh, interviews. Let's move on over now to the third quarter. But before we do so, let's give a quick thanks to our sponsor, the Illinois Bone and Joint Institute. They have many locations in the Chicago area, so make sure you check them out. Move better and live better. All right, we're going to play way or no way here in the third quarter, um, our weekly guessing game where I give them three propositions, them being Joe and Marty, and they have to say whether something's happening way or something is not happening no way. So why don't we start off with uh, we're just going to keep on the Loyola girls basketball team here. So way or no way, Marty, that the Loyola girls basketball team wins both of their games against St. Ignatius this week. I'm going to go away on this one, Michael. You know what they say, coffee's for closers, and this is a really great uh, Loyola team. We've seen it all season, and I think they're going to have two cups of coffee and close off this season strong. <laughs> Some uh, good analysis right there. <laughs> I'm going to say way too, and I'm just, you know, uh, I, I'd love to disagree with Marty. As you know, we like to have fun in that banter, but um, I just like the way they're playing. They really impressed me on Sunday like I said, just how fluid they looked. They looked like they had it together and they had it figure out, which is right where you want to be entering the quote unquote postseason, which is kind of like what this is. Um, so I think, I think they take a pair and, you know, I, I should have thrown this in, in the first quarter. I don't know if Loyola's ever won a GCAC title, by the way, Montini's won it for so long. And, uh, Schoenecker kind of hinted at that without exactly saying it. So we got to dig into the stats before um, we, we publish some stories this weekend, but it's going to be a big moment if they win even one of these games, um, let alone if they win both. All right, let's move on to our second question where uh, Joe, I know you caught up with the boy, future boy soccer uh, player where he made a bold proclamation. So I'm going to have you guys uh, answer the question as well. Uh, Joe way or no way that the Nutri boys soccer team goes undefeated this year. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to put this, um, this kid on blast completely. Uh, he, he, he just said, <laughs> he thinks they can, that's a goal of theirs with the shortened season. Um, you know, they were 16 and two last year, um, with four ties. Um, I think we're going to see some ties, of course. Oh, I, I like, I like my guy, Matt Ravenscraft, the coach over there too, but I'm going to go no way. <laughs> I'm going to go no way. I, 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 I think they're going to drop one, a close one. You know, there's some really good teams on the schedule. Evanston's got a heck of a ball club coming back. I keep saying ball club for soccer and basketball, but um, they Squad, got a club on. coming back. Um, it, those are going to be battles. Um, I just, I think they drop one, drop a two, a two, one battle or a three, two, um, something like that. So I'll say they go, they get one loss. So I say no way they go undefeated. 
All right, Marty, what do you think? Yeah, I really, really want to go away here because I love the confidence. I love the swagger. You know, put your laces through the ball. Put your laces through the prediction. I love it. Um, <laughs> but but I, I got to agree with Joe and say no way. Um, I think it's just going to be too much of a of too many games in such a quick span as is some of the challenges that many of our teams are facing this year. The Evanstons of the world. We know GBN usually runs a very formidable, formidable team out there. We've seen some really strong GBS teams in previous years, so um, it's it's probably likely they'll bring a solid club to the uh, to, to the pitch as well. So we'll see, but I, I'm going to say it's pretty unlikely, and I'll agree with with Joe on the no way. Um, but but love the love the confidence. All right, to finish things off, Marty, way or no way that uh, the new either new trip bowling team wins state this week. And I know that they're hosting a uh, state kind of playoff series virtually, but uh, way or no way that either team wins uh, state this year. Yeah, so we've got sort of this uh, makeshift state tournament, uh, with lo- which looks like it's going to have about half a dozen or so sectionals to it. Um, and um, and looking at things on the girls' side to start out, looks like New Trier um, is going to be pe- paired in the Resurrection sectional. So it looks like the teams in with them will be Evanston, GBN, Maris, Morton, Mother Macaulay, Northside, Resurrection, St. Ignatius, um, and DePaul. So, and I'm also looking at how they're going to be distributing the awards. It look like it looks like they'll be classifying state as in, you know, who's going to be the, the state medalist and finalists as the top three teams from these overall six, um, six brackets. So because of that, I'm going to go way on this one because I think Nutria will be able to, to finish among that top three. Um, and especially I think they have a really nice chance of coming, uh, coming out in first top their sectional because um, I know they did win conference and their toughest competition, I believe, was Evanston. Um, and I think they squeaked out over Evanston in, in, in the conference. So I'm going to go way on this one. Wow. All right, Joe. I'm going to go no way. Um, I'm going to give some love to, to my South Suburban folks in, in there who usually throw together a bunch of good bowling teams out of, out of those conferences like Lockport and Andrew um, schools. So, um, but this is fun, man. This is, uh, you know, uh, we were really hoping we saw it in the spring, in the fall season that uh, cross country kind of did this, right. Um, they were able to do like a mock, mock state. So I'm really happy that um, the Trevian stepped up to hold this uh, mock state um, and, we'll, and we'll give away trophies and everything. That's awesome. Something to, to play for at the end of the season, um, even though it's <laughs> um, a challenging, uncertain year. So um, I will say no way Trev's uh, win the sectional, but do not place at state. All right, there you go, folks. That is way or no way. Let's move on over now to the fourth quarter where we're going to end the podcast on a good note because we have good news here in the fourth quarter where uh, I know a lot of you folks at home were happy to hear that uh, Cubs and White Sox uh, were going to be able to have fans at their opening day games, about 20%, I think it was, somewhere like that. Um, But with that announcement, there was also the announcement that – there'd be more fans available to go to outdoor events um, when it comes to IHSA events as well. And Joe, I know you got a chance to uh, catch up with Augie just to get some reaction in the news and kind of stuff. So um, tell the folks about what exactly, how many more people can actually go to this, uh, these games and uh, what the reactions kind of been like so far. Yeah. I mean, 
you know, going into this, I think there was a, a mild grassroots uproar and it was growing as, as the spring sports were getting close because the limit still across the state for sporting events, outdoor or indoor was 50 uh, or 50%, whichever smaller. And for outdoor, that certainly that'd be 50. So, you know, people in these football stadiums, like 50 people, you're going to have one person every 15 yards. So um, luckily the state changed it. And, you know, I was talking to Augie, Nutrier athletic director, like you mentioned, and he said they, they all got the news while they were in their board meeting. So they were obviously waiting on the state's decision um, so they could tell, uh, we'll make any ancillary decisions or just go with the 20%. And Nutrier Stadium, they just increased it a couple of years back. So it, it fits 2,000 seated in total, about 3,000. So we're talking, you know, 20% of, of 3,000 is 600 people. We're talking hundreds of people are going to get to watch these games, which I think is, I mean, we're, that's, that's 10 times more than we were thinking. I mean, that's huge. Uh, I think it's really big news. Um, I think everyone's still being very careful. And I think this is perfectly careful. Um, 10%, I mean, sorry, 20% people are going to be outside of their houses are going to be spaced out with plenty of room. Um, so, you know, I think the big question now is, for certain conferences. I heard the CCL has already made a decision, but I haven't checked up on it, but it's visiting fans. Um, Augie seemed to think they want visiting fans, but the conference wants to be equal for every school. Um, so say it's a hundred visiting fans or maybe it's 50 or whatever. They want everybody to be equal. So everybody has a, a chance um, is kind of on the level playing field. So we'll see if that comes out. I think they meet tomorrow, uh, which is Thursday. But uh, when we were talking about hundreds of people where, you, where it was going to be dozens. I think that's a big win. I think it's pretty cool. Um, there won't necessarily be a problem with other outdoor sports. I think parents are going to be able to come. Um, and, uh, you know, not many people go to watch a random softball game fan-wise. Um, but I don't think it'll be a problem. There's plenty of space to, you know, in a park like Do Child's Field. I mean, you can go all the way around the field. So um, I think they're really excited about that. And, uh in terms of the breakdown, I think we're going to see definitely parents, um, a limited amount of students, and, and maybe some extended family too. So I, I just really feel like it's pretty good news all around. Yeah, definitely fun to uh, be able to have more people. Obviously, it's a, a sign of the times that we are uh, hopefully going in the right direction, hopefully uh, turning the curve, turning uh, on the curve on what uh, is going on um, in our daily lives. And there was other good news as well as the um, IHSA Board of Directors approved that state tournaments for all spring sports, including baseball, softball, girls soccer, and a lot of more other sports are going to be taking place as well. And um, I think that's great news because like we were talking about, obviously, uh, um, teams are happy to be fighting for conference championships and that kind of stuff. But, I mean, when you grow up and you play high school sports, you obviously want to be competing for regionals and sectionals and all that kind of stuff. And um, I think, that, again, that shows of how good things are uh, going to uh, um, are, uh, are just looking with everything that's been going on. But um, I, I, you figure, guys, that everyone's really excited about getting the chance to, uh, especially for these sports that were canceled because they were the first ones that were canceled last year when everything was taking place a year ago um, around this time. It's good to uh, hopefully see that we are slowly getting back to normal and um, we're going to be having these playoff series for these spring sports. Yeah, and that's, that's one thing that's really encouraging because we've mentioned it before, but it almost seems in a sense that uh, many of these spring sports sort of got the, the short end of the stick in terms of 
just how, how things shaked out and, and how obviously they lost their entire season and then we're looking at a bit of a out of the ordinary and weird season this year as well. So to have the added state tournament and the chance at, at glory and the chance to compete for the highest possible outcome is, is something that's just great. And I know it's certainly an announcement that probably made a, a lot of athletes and, and coaches very, very happy. Yeah. And great news for the pod, right? Cause we'll be, <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to diagnose some things a little more um, intensely for postseason seedings and everything, but yeah, I mean, Mart, it, it's great news. Um, and spring sports were clearly, the priority for the IHSA and we even saw that with Badman even though it was kind of pushed earlier because it's a no contact sport they'll have a postseason too because they were deprived of one last year so um, great stuff and and you know we're, we're going to see a bunch of teams in our area or a handful that that are state caliber teams from um, from water polo to girls soccer to volleyball um, you know, and, and baseball and softball are good enough to get there. It's just those sports are just so tight once you get in the final 16 or so. It's always tough, but um, we're going to see some exciting stuff. So it's it's really great news. Um, and, I, you know, I think things still could open up as we move on, um, at least for attendance in outdoor sports, going back to that. I think the state proved that they, they will make changes. So we might see some more good news as we move along this timeline. Yeah, definitely a good note uh, to leave on. Obviously, keep on wearing those masks so we can finally uh, move on over and uh, finish things off here, hopefully sooner rather than later. But um, a lot of good stuff happening, a lot of fun stuff. So um, thanks, as always, to everyone who listened to the latest episode of the podcast. Um, to all the basketball players, obviously, enjoy the last few games of the regular season. Um, football is uh, a week away, so... Um, obviously, we are excited about that getting started as well as um, after having no sports as well, it seems like we're going to have a billion sports now as um, all these different uh, soccers and field hockeys and lacrosses and baseballs and everything like that are going to get started soon. So a lot of good stuff to talk about here after uh, spending a few months just railing on the IHSA every episode and uh, not really having much to add on after that. But uh, good stuff to talk about. And as always, just a quick reminder. You can subscribe to the podcast anywhere that they're available. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, what have you. Make sure to live and leave a nice little note as well. And take a listen to old episodes of the podcast as well. We always appreciate it um, for your uh, listenership. So for Joe, Marty, and I, thanks so much for joining us. And we will talk to you guys down the road. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Varsity, a product of the record NorthShore.org, your nonprofit local newsroom. The Varsity is presented by the Illinois Bone and Joint Institute with more than 150 fellowship trained physicians in every orthopedic specialty and dozens of locations across Chicagoland and the suburbs. IBJI is your choice for patient-focused orthopedic care. To find the nearest location, visit IBJI.com.